Welcome Northeast Conference fans to the latest NEC Now podcast on the NEC Overtime Pod. Today, I am joined by St. Francis Brooklyn's Director of Athletics, Irma Garcia, to discuss her trailblazing path up until this point, as well as the importance of Hispanic Heritage Month. Thank you so much for being here. I do really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you for the invite. I always love speaking about Hispanic Month. Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to, to, to have that opportunity. Of course. So going off of that, just right away, it's a pretty broad question, but what does Hispanic Heritage Month mean to you? I mean, we get to celebrate people of culture and an opportunity for people to recognize the good things that men and women who are Hispanic have done, um, who have paved the way for many others. And so where the celebration is not just about in the past, but what's happening today and uh, hopefully celebrating the future as well. Um, so many of our Hispanic, and for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican descent, I'm New Yorkian, and my parents are from Puerto Rico. Um, but I, I know that this is an opportunity to also mingle with some of my Hispanic uh, friends from, that are you know, Dominican and, and uh, Peruvian and so forth, and, uh, Mexicanos and so forth. Yeah, and growing up, how did your Puerto Rican kind of heritage and culture influence you? Well, in Spanish, in, um, I'm, I'm only gonna, I can only speak because uh, growing up, I'm one of eight. And, uh, you know, uh, we're all a year apart. Those are my best friends, uh, seven girls and one boy. And everybody thinks uh, they're sorry about, feel sorry for him. But Manny is, um, you know, he's, he's a blessing. He's, uh, he knows how to treat a woman because he had seven sisters to deal with. And we all kind of taught him the right way. So, um, but being in a Hispanic, we're family. We're all about family. Um, and it's not just the immediate family. We tend to have cousins and more cousins and third cousins and fourth cousins that people may not know. I know my fourth cousin. Um, and so we're, we're about celebrating uh, as much as we can. We always love to have fun. We eat a lot, a lot of Spanish food. Uh, I try to, you know, my, I have my mom with me now for, for the last month and um, I could tell you that I've gained some weight <laughs> and, uh, but all good because I love the food that she cooks. Um, but it's, a, it's about having, you know, personal relationships with each other and uh, continuing the, the, his, the history of what we've done growing up. I could tell you that um, growing up, we were always, um, it was Garcia's against everybody else mm -hmm. and in any sport that we did, so softball and baseball, but you know, I'm a true lefty. So they always stuck me behind a uh, catcher or, or outfield. They said, you know, get out there. And plus, and when we were younger, we didn't have gloves that were for lefties. Mm -hmm. um, so I created my own. So that was pretty cool. But, but I really, really, really can say that um, family is the one thing that will stick out um, we really um, care about our mom and dad and care about our cousins and, and so forth. Who anybody, and, the, and the good thing is that anybody who comes in contact with us becomes family as well. That's great. That's so, that's so good to hear. So sweet. Um, so for women in collegiate athletics, you know, you face challenges to begin with associated with gender bias. But for women of color, these challenges are often amplified as you also face racial or ethnic biases. Can you speak a little bit about your experiences being a woman of color in athletic administration and also coaching? Because, you know, you're the St. Francis women's basketball coach for 11 years. Yeah, I remember when, uh, when I was coaching I, and, you know, um, one of the good things about being Hispanic, you always look younger. 
I don't know what it is, it's in our genes. And I remember um, many times when I walked in to a gym that I, I've never played you know, against a team that we've never competed against. And they always went to the, to, to the male coach and acted like he was the, he was the head coach. So we always found that funny. And, and, and always that when they turn around, uh, uh-uh, she's the head coach. And they were like, what? Okay. Not only did I look young, yeah. but they were like a, a female coach mm-hmm. back then. It was kind of rare. Most, it was mostly all male coaching women. And, you know, I, I mean, the one thing that I, I could share with you that, you know, uh, when growing up, my parents only knew Spanish. Their English was kind of, you know, second nature mm-hmm. to them. And, and so they, they had broken English. So that's what I learned first was Spanish. And then I, I learned their English, which mm-hmm. in turn, it was broken English. So I've always struggled with, with uh, speech. And uh, I'm not afraid to say that now. I probably would have said I wouldn't say that maybe 20 years ago. But um, just seeing that going back and saying that was the one thing that people don't realize that, you know, for me, some, sometimes I'm thinking Spanish-wise, man, in reality, it's trying to come out in English. But I've gotten better. I had eight, 12 years of speech. Um, so one of the things was like my SH used to be THs and or CHs, and I don't want to say those words, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Exactly. Um, and so um, I've been lucky enough to, that I've been surrounded by women that can help me get through my fears. And someone mm-hmm. has been um, being able to get up in front of 300 people and speak. I can do that now. Um, one of the things was move in a room. I can do that very well now. Um, but it's just a matter of being comfortable in your own skin and which I wasn't when I was starting, even as a coach, a young coach, always second guessing myself. But as you surround yourself with good people that will help you get through some of your fears and which they have. And here I am. I'm comfortable in my own skin now. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you sound great. You point across very very well I mean I stuttered on my words in the first sentence <laughs> oh, I mean the stuttering was very like yeah uh, yeah but no more no more um and when you were named St. Francis's director of athletics in 2007 he became the first division one Latina athletic director and remained the only Latina in this role for a few years after your hire what was it like being not only the first but also the only well, I mean, I tell the story all the time that I found out. Mm-hmm. I remember President Dr. Macurola saying that uh, I was going to be interim. And of course, just typical female saying, well, I can't do it. You know, this, I, don't, I don't even know what it is. I won't do it. That's okay. Thank you, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also invited to, back then it was um, NACWA. Um, and it was a national organization for women administrators, and which is right now it's called Women's Leaders. And they're the ones who told me about that I was going to be the first. And Gloria Navarez, who is now the West Coast Commissioner, incredible woman, uh, we became really good friends. And she kept saying, no, we got to let people know. And she, kept, she did the history. She tried to figure out who was going to be it and if there was anybody before me. And she says, no, you're it. And you got to own it. And, and, and so I did. And one of the things I learned early on is to be humble and that in, in a and, and we'll talk about this a lot in the Women's Leaders Organization. It's not about me, it's about what I do with me. Like what this, 
this came in front of me. Now it's my job to do something with it and to not only be the only one, but it's a shame that 2007, I was the only one, but to make sure that there's other women that have an opportunity to come through those same doors that I did. Um, and, and, you know, you need, you need those mentors and people who can just support you. And I, I'm so humbled to know that, that I was then, but I'm also recognizing the fact that it's important that other women understand that they could go through those same doors. But having said that, I think we've moved the needle, not a lot. I mean, I would like it to go like this, but, um, but it's gradual, but we, we, I could tell you that, um, we do meet. Uh, the women's leaders there's uh, on a on a weekly basis, and there are some powerful women who are just encouraging, and um, they just think outside the box, and so creative, and and you know be able to, you know we're we're in COVID and be able to handle all kinds of situations. So here we are. Yeah, and I'd love to talk, you know, about I don't want to say the door because there have been many, but what brought you back to St. Francis, and I say back because you were a student at St. Francis, you attended and were a women's basketball player, but St. Francis is frequently regarded as one of the most diverse colleges in the country. Hispanic and Latino or Latina students make up the largest ethnic minority at around 20% of the student body, depending on the year. What is it like being an alum of such a diverse institution? I'm, I'm so proud, and I get chills when I, when I think about it, but it's, it's a place where it's home for me. People say you, you can move on, you can do other things, but there's so much work to still be done at St. Francis. It's, it has that Franciscan value, which means to serve and be a servant. And, and, and when you say that, you serve from the heart. And I, I think we've had this conversation before, but it is so crucial that the student athletes reflect who we, if, if I am being Hispanic, I think the kids, if the kids are Hispanic or um, uh, people of brown and, and black color, that they should, there should be some representation. And so I get many of the young ladies who are young ladies of uh, color that c- will come up to me and sit and have those, th- those conversations. And for me to say, hey, this is how I did it in St. Francis. And these are some of the things that I had to be struggle, I had to struggle with, but we can do, we can, we can do more at St. Francis. So when you graduate, you have better opportunities than I even had. Um, but I, I love St. Francis, everything about it. It's about family. It's about caring. It's about community. Um, and I think that if more schools were like that, um, I think kids will, will recognize the fact that they not only learn book smart, but they learn outside of book smarts. And so I know that when uh, student athletes graduated from St. Francis, they're gonna do, know more. They're gonna know the day-to-day stuff and how to how to deal with people, how to move a room, how to how to how to talk to someone that that and and share what they care about and listen to what other people care about. It's about it's about both. You know, you listen and then if they want the advice, to give it and move on. But St. Francis is a special place, and the fact that I am an alumnus and was able to go back and help and share and learn from the students and learn from my colleagues. It's, I, I can't think of a better place to be at. Well, it's great to hear that, you know, you feel you're at that, that right place for you. And something you kind of touched upon in that previous answer was that you're able to be a source of representation for such a large amount of the student body, you know, not just student athletes, but students in general. So like, what has that been like for you? 
Well, you know, I have an open door policy. Um, I, I, I really, is, our president is, is Cuban, Cuban American. And so, you know, um, I always say that Cuban Americans um, or Cubans, especially my president, uh, President Miguel, he, he mumbles. And I think Cubans don't want you to really know what they're saying. And I'm like always trying to articulate, but he doesn't understand my kind of Spanish either. So it's pretty funny. Um, but he has allowed me to grow in the role that I'm in. He, he has allowed me to be part of the cabinet. And so I, I take, I take um, pride in what I do when I work with not only our student athletes. I have an open door policy. I've, I've taught classes at, at St. Francis. Um, actually, I'll tell you a funny story is that I was teaching class, it was eight o'clock and every time I, the lights were always off. I can, can never understand kids love to work in the dark. Right. Okay. I, I didn't know. Right. And so I turn on the light and go, you still here? And then like, they would laugh, but it was more of conversation in those classes. They, I want them to learn the real, real world. And I didn't want to teach it just book smart. I just want them to learn from experiences that I had as well. So he has allowed me to do many things and be out and, and also at the cabinet to be able to talk to to students other than not just uh, student athletes. And so it's, it, it, it's interesting and I love it. I just love being able to sit there and to talk to any student that, that would really would listen to me. Yeah, that's great. And it's funny, <laughs> the lights, cause all my lights are off right now. It's only 4.15, but I'm almost- I, I don't know. I mean, what, where would you consider yourself uh, Generation Z? I think I'm Gen Z, I'm right on the cusp. But... Oh, okay, you're on the, oh, you know what's funny? Every generation will say, I'm on the cusp. You know, and so I'm not really one or the other, but I have a little bit of both. Um, uh, I, I'm, well, I think I'm a baby boomer. So um, we, we did a, many of the things that I say that Generation Z and the baby boomers think a lot alike. Yeah, I was actually reading something today yeah. about that, how we have very, very similar kind of similar. like traits and, and approaches. Many of the things that are happening now are similar to back in the 70s as well. That makes sense. That's funny. And yeah, just to like kind of close out in the final portion of our sure. conversation on kind of a lighter note. So you said your favorite traditions are, and I'm going to use the English names, feel free to correct me, <laughs> the Eve and Three Kings Day. So what makes these days just so special to you? So what you say was Three Kings and? Days and Christmas Eve. Well, Christmas Eve is probably the biggest days when, you know, Jesus is born. And so we celebrate, it is a tradition. I mean, we go to midnight mass but, and for, for the little kids, we celebrate earlier. And so they get to open their gifts earlier. And then, I mean, many people celebrate the next day, but the food, girl, the food is incredible. There's like all kinds of Spanish food and there's music and there's dancing and the celebration. And it's a time where, you know, I mean, that's my favorite day is when Jesus was born. I mean, I could go on about that. Um, and, and so the three kings, is uh, it, actually in Puerto Rico, they, they celebrate starting Thanksgiving, which is a big day for us as well. Um, and from there, and I was gonna say Thanksgiving, but I was like, ah, but I love the Three Kings. So Thanksgiving, it goes all the way into like early February. And they, I mean, every weekend they celebrate, but the Three Kings, they really, um, that is the celebration where the gifts were brought to yeah. for baby Jesus. And so, um they do a skit and i try to if i can i would love I, you know i went there with my mom 
to Puerto Rico and my cousins did the skit and they wanted me to be part of it. I was a little, I don't know about all that, but the talk about the music there and the food and the celebration. And so to me, we celebrate that family type of thing. And you couldn't, you couldn't pick two better days where, you know, I, like I said, I'm one of eight. So our immediate family is like 75 deep, you know? Wow. So, um, so when we have one big house, I mean, there is a revolving door and there's kids everywhere. And, you know, we, we get a, we get a Santa Claus to come in and I mean, it's just incredible. And the music, when, when you see everybody dancing and people who really don't know how to dance and they try to dance, it makes it even better. Um, but it is my two favorite days. Uh, I mean, I have, and, and, and Thanksgiving because it's an opportunity to thank everyone for all the good things as well. And for both those days, you mentioned the food. So I have to ask, what's your favorite dish? Well, ajo con gandules and ajo con pollo. It's a little bit of a combination of both. But lately, I've been eating a lot of panil. You know what that is? Yes. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, uh, it's pork. Okay. You know, so, and, and, and the way you cook it, and it's, it's, it's simmered like pretty much for four hours straight. And you could just pick at it and eat it. It's pretty incredible. Um, but rice and beans um, it can never go wrong. I mean, I could eat that all day. Again, um, it doesn't help with, you know, you do gain weight. You have to run a little bit more <laughs> to run two more miles for that. Hey, I mean, beans are pretty good for you. <laughs> well, if you do it every day, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so just by way of wrap up, and I mean, you've touched upon so many different things, but if there was one thing about your Hispanic heritage that you could highlight, what would that be? La familia. I mean, I, I, mean, I can't do it without them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, they're my Verizon, you know, when you're Verizon, you turn around, they're behind, they've been my rock. And so I have to choose that, um, you know, if anything, my parents taught, you know, my dad passed away about seven years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hardest day in my life. But, you know, we're real close. We're real close. And I don't know too many people that can be that close. Almost like it's, uh, you know, people say that's weird, but, um, family to me is everything and that I hope that I can instill that to every student athlete how important it is to have family and to make you know um, everything you do about family. Yeah that's great and it seems like over there at St. Francis that you are in your own community of family. Yeah I love it. Really incredible. Well thank Thank you so much for being here. I really really do appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Morgan. You're, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was St. Francis Brooklyn's Irma Garcia, and this has been NEC Now.